are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. As always, we appreciate you for making Locked On Louisville your first listen of the day. As always, the Locked On Louisville Podcast is free on any streaming service that you use, all Louisville, five days a week. A lot to get to on this Monday edition of the show. Unfortunately, the Louisville Cardinals lost on the road at Wake Forest on Saturday, 37-34. to We're going to give a full recap of that game, starting out with the weekly initial thoughts and takeaways. We'll dive into the good, the bad, the ugly, the good being the team's fight, the bad being the self-inflicted mistakes, and the ugly being the officiating all coming up in the second segment. And then we'll finish out the show on a positive note when I tell you why this year's Louisville Volleyball Squad is a top two team in program history. But before we do that, like I mentioned, my name is Dalton Pence. I'm a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, where I serve as a football beat writer and recruiting analyst. And I also do some PA announcing work for the university in sports like soccer, baseball, lacrosse, field hockey, etc., you can follow my personal Twitter at dpence underscore, and the podcast Twitter page is at LO underscore Louisville. Let's get right on into the show. This weekend's loss definitely stung. Uh, the game against Wake Forest I thought was a very winnable game. Losing 37-34 to on a late field goal by Skiba, I thought the first half was one that gave the opportunity ultimately for the cards to go up and try to push this game out of the way. They were up 17-10 to at one point. Um, I know that there was that controversial play where it came out later that Scott Satterfield was told by the officials that Malik Cunningham was not able to come back in after the Cardinals had called a timeout, which is literally stated in the rules that he can do so. However, um, you know, that's um, a conversation for the second segment, but ultimately third in about, uh, I think it was like three to five yards, uh, Evan Conley comes in incomplete pass and the Cardinals are forced to punt it away. I thought that that could have been four down territory, but uh, ultimately the cards went into halftime down 20 to 17. Wake Forest struck first in that second period to go up 10. I thought the cards were persistent in that second half. Even when they went down on the road, Malik Cunningham really tried to put the team on his back. Had a 10-yard touchdown to Amari Huggins-Bruce. And then once the score was knotted up at 27, finally, Wake Forest went down and scored again. But Tyler Harrell, 75-yard touchdown reception, catch and run to bring it back level at 34. Unfortunately, Wake Forest went down the field at that point, took the clock with them, and ended up scoring in that field goal by Skiba to ultimately go ahead and put the Demon Deacons over the Cardinals. But you know, speaking on both sides of the ball, I want to start with the offense because I, there were a lot of good things that the offense did on Saturday that I want to focus on. Number one, I thought Malik Cunningham was very solid like he has been in weeks past. Probably one of his best games as a signal caller, 19 for 26 on the afternoon, 309 yards, two touchdowns to go with zero interceptions on the day, um, and then ultimately 14 carries, 46 yards, two touchdowns every single game this season. Cunningham has had multiple rushing touchdowns, which is flat out remarkable. Um, and then on top of that, the cards did pretty solid on the ground. 
43 carries, 213 yards, two touchdowns. That's an average of five yards per carry. Jalen Mitchell, 17 for 89. Travion Cooley starting to get more run, 11 carries, 61 yards. Still haven't seen much of Hassan Hall. I wonder, um, we'll see later on today whether or not that was um, a healthy scratch or if he still had the nagging injury. Maurice Berkeley not involved in this game either. Uh, on the receiving end, which has been the storyline all season long, we had a handful of different receivers. I mean, if you look down the line and, and guys that contributed 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 11 receivers in the stat sheet. That just goes to speak of the depth that this unit has. But ultimately, as a whole, I was satisfied from the offensive unit's effort for the second week in a row the cards scored on the first possession of the game you know simply put it looks like a totally different team offensively speaking i really the whole team but uh, especially on the offense than we saw in that week one game against mississippi and i think 90 percent of it has to do with the louisville going back to what worked in years past I thought when you're able to play to Malik Cunningham's strengths, give him the ability to get out into space and make a decision on whether he wants to you know, hold on to the ball and run or make a decision and pass, I think that's where you put your offense at the best opportunity to succeed. And Scott Satterfield has done that you know, in the weeks following the Eastern Kentucky game. And it's showing. I mean, Central Florida, the offense looks solid. Florida State, you know, uh, in the first half, they looked really good. And then this whole game, I thought, you know, minus a couple of drives and setbacks, you know, for the most part, they turned in a good bill of performance. But at the end of the day, it wasn't enough. That's kind of on the defense, in my opinion. Um, but we will talk about, you know, the overthrows that Malik Cunningham had. There were some opportunities where I thought play calling really not necessarily damned the cards, but definitely... Um, cut some drives short, but I thought it was the defense that really had me desiring for more from this unit. Obviously, 37 points given up. It was a matchup that when I previewed it last week, you know, one of the things that I kept honing in on was, hey, we have to be able to limit the big play. Um, unfortunately, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons were able to get that big play. The top two receivers for the Deeks, Jacory Robinson, 6 for 135, had a long of 42 yards. Taylor Morin, 6 for 122 with a touchdown, 42-yard long. The 42-yard reception ended up being that touchdown that ultimately brought the Demon Deacons level in that first half. Uh, defensively speaking, um, they did force a turnover, and it couldn't have come at a better time with Quinterio Cole's interception that helped the cards bring it level. But ultimately, this was just a performance to where I thought that the Cards didn't necessarily do that great of a job and make the adjustments that I thought they were going to make. Sam Hartman had 324 yards in the air, two touchdowns on the ground. Wake Forest 177 yards. But looking back on this game as a whole, the Cards actually outgained Wake Forest 522 to 501. They had just one less first down but one of the big statistics that kind of epitomized how this game went down was the third down numbers for Wake Forest. Louisville got the Demon Deacons in third down situations 20 times on Saturday however Wake Forest converted 50% of the time converting 10 of those that's a that's a big thing to look at because it shows that the Louisville defense was able to be somewhat successful in the first two downs of the series, but if you can't stop them on third down, well, then it really 
in, in a nutshell, doesn't matter all that much. And that's where you have to look for Louisville to be able to take that step forward, and that is to be able to get the opposing team off the field. At the end of the day, you have to finish. And I thought that I, I saw some decent things from the defense, but overall, you know, giving up 500 yards, um, allowing teams to convert on 50% of their third down conversions at a high rate, and allowing 37 points doesn't spell a good performance for the defense, no matter how you slice it. And look, I know we were the victim of some very bad calls, and sometimes you can't really do anything about that. But at the end of the day, this is a game that was very winnable. Um, across bo- all four quarters, some mistakes. And everyone mentioned Wake Forest was the team that did not beat themselves. And minus the one interception, that sentiment rang to be true. So let's turn to the good, the bad, the ugly. The good being the fight that the team showed, the bad being the self-inflicted mistakes, and the ugly being the officiated but first, let's talk about our friends down at Prize Picks. If you're a college football fanatic, this is something that you need to hear about. I love it, and I know you will too. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. It offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you might not have ever heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of those that join and use the promo code Locked On will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So here's how it works. You basically pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's literally you versus the projected numbers. And Prize Picks allows mixed sports entries, so you can take the over on LeBron James and combine that with the under on Justin Herbert in the same entry. Be sure to use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, it's safe, and it offers fast withdrawals. So do yourself a favor. Check out prizepicks.com. Use the promo code Locked On, or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I also want to give a shout-out to Made In. Have you ever wondered why your favorite restaurant is consistently making such delicious food? The short answer is they have access to the right kitchen tools. With Maiden's professional quality cookware and kitchenware, anyone is capable of making restaurant quality food at home. If you're serious about cooking, you should invest in your kitchen tools. Maiden's cookware and kitchenware products are used by thousands of the world's best chefs. And if quality and craftsmanship is important to you, you should check out Maiden. Simply put, Made In is a cookware and kitchenware brand that works with renowned chefs and artisans to produce some of the world's best pots, pans, and wine glasses. They source the finest materials and partner with renowned craftsmanship to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the markup. Made In products are made to last and they offer a lifetime guarantee. Their cookware distributes heat evenly and can easily go from the stovetop to the oven. They have 40,000 plus five-star reviews, and their products are used by some of the world's best chefs at Michelin-starred restaurants around the world. Made in. Better cookware for better meals. So right now, Made in is offering our listeners 15% off your first order with the promo code Locked On. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Made in products. Go to MadeInCookware.com slash LockedOn. And use the promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off your first order. That's madeincookware.com slash LOCKEDON with the promo code LOCKEDON. So like I mentioned, we're going to dive into the good, the bad, and the ugly. Starting out with the good, the team showed a ton of fight in this game. 
against Wake Forest. Unfortunately, the outcome wasn't what we had hoped for. However, you have to be excited and encouraged about the overall persistence that Louisville possessed throughout this game. Um, the team was up 17-10 at some point in the first half going into that second quarter. However, they were down 20-17 to to end halftime. 27 to 17 going into the latter half of the second half and then the cards were able to fight back you know Amari Huggins Bruce had the touchdown James Turner made it level 27 to 27 even when Wake Forest scored again you know in the last four minutes of the game Louisville went down right away and Tyler Harrell scored on a 75 yard catch and run so the cards were answering anything that the Demon Deacons threw their way. Unfortunately, the time just ran out. The Louisville defense wasn't able to get a stop. Wake Forest was marching down the field on that last possession, and then when Louisville got the ball back, there just wasn't enough time to do anything with it. So, you know, in years past, it seems like when a Louisville team had hit adversity, that the cards were going to have some trouble fighting back in the Bobby Petrino era, and that, you know, Bobby 2.0 after Lamar left, 2018 showed that there just wasn't a ton of fight in that team. Uh, 2019-2020, you saw the fight start to come back in 2021. I think it's becoming a staple of a Scott Satterfield-led team that in, when even when the squad gets down, this is a team that's going to fight back. They're going to try to claw their way back into games. Um, but unfortunately, this brings me into the bad part of the segment, and that is the self-inflicted mistakes that prevented Louisville from winning this game. Yes, you can have both things be true. You can honor the fight that the team showed, but ultimately, the fact that Louisville did not come out victorious can be pinned a lot on the self-inflicted mistakes. Number one, if you look in that first half, Malik Cunningham had a couple throws that would have been wide-open touchdowns. The most notable one was to Marshawn Ford. I understand he had a little pressure in his face, but that's a throw that you have to make that showed that you know he was wide open. And um, unfortunately, you know, just a couple throws that really could have put this game away early in that first half, and Louisville could have gone up two scores or so. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. We talked about the missed field goal that Louisville had that, you know, you can't leave points on the board against Wake Forest, but the most notable mistake that I have to mention, and people want to talk about the clock and how that was poorly managed and how Wake Forest shouldn't have got the field goal, and they shouldn't have, and I promise you that's coming. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute. But that play is not possible if Josh Johnson doesn't muff that punt. I mean, simply put, it's not. I mean, if you look at this game throughout a whole, you know, you can blame officiating all you want, but when you start trying to say that you only lost a game due to officiating, I think that that's where the the excuses get a little lazy because there were definitely opportunities that Louisville could have won this game. And unfortunately, it was the little things that separated them from a W and an L. But with that being said, we do need to talk about the officiating, and that represents the ugly portion of this segment, um, that was one of the top three most one-sided officiating efforts that I've seen in my 23 years on the earth. I mean, there was some really, really bad calls. And it starts out with that phantom field goal, the phantom second that the officials put back on the clock at the end of the first half. I'm not sure it's humanly possible that you can run four plays in 10 seconds, let alone one running play that lasted less than four seconds 
to end the half to the point where you review it and you still don't get it right. Um, they said that the play was ruled dead at the two-yard line. However, there was no whistle. There was no indication that the play was dead. And if you're telling me that a snap, a turnaround, a handoff, and a tackle all lead to only two seconds of game time, I call you foolish. Because in the rule books, it literally says that a spike has to be no less than two seconds. So you're talking about taking the ball under center and throwing it immediately down in that last two seconds. Not the play where you can snap it, turn around, hand it off, the runner runs up the middle, tries to get yards, gets tackled. That only lasts two seconds? There is no way. There's no coincidence that the ACC took the timestamps off the video as well when every other game from the weekend has those timestamps. So you literally can't assess for yourself just how bad the ACC referee screwed it up. They know it, and you can tell by their actions from it. But not only that, you know that's not the only bad call of this game. Number one, the catch that really wasn't a catch that um, ended up allowing Wake Forest to go down the field. Uh, in that second half, there was a play in the first half where Isaac Martin, I haven't seen a tight end in, in a passing situation get called for a legal block in the back on a play where it was very clear that he did not do so. Um, you know, there were just a lot of plays that really gave Louisville the short end of the stick. And ultimately, I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to say that it made the Cardinals lose, but I don't think that this is a game that's 37 to 34 if the officiating is just somewhat bad. I'm not saying that it has to be great, but at the end of the day, this was some of the worst officiating. And if you kind of go back into context and history as to why this crew wasn't allowed to do the Duke game, I think it's expensive especially egregious that they even got the ability to do this game in the first place. But that's enough negativity for one day. I want to focus on some positive news. That is the Louisville Cardinal volleyball team. And I'm going to tell you why this year's squad is a top two squad in program history. But first, let's talk about our friends down at Built Bar. And I'm going to tell you why they are the best tasting protein bar out there. So Built Bar has nine flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan like myself, we're definitely passionate about those favorites. I know my personal favorite is salted caramel, and I will go to the grave saying that. But if you're not a salted caramel fan, there's a ton of different flavors from coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, etc. If you haven't tried all the flavors or you simply don't know where to start, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. But not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy as well. Most of the flavors have 17 to 18 grams of protein, only 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. They're nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. So do yourself a favor. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Once again, that's using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. You will not be disappointed. Alright, so the Louisville women's volleyball team yesterday went on the road in Atlanta taking on number 18 Georgia Tech with their undefeated streak on the line. The Cardinals were able to prevail. They ended up sweeping the Yellow Jackets 25-15, 36-34, 25-22 to move to 14-0 on the year, 4-0 in the ACC. I personally think that this is a top two team in program history along with that 2005 squad. And really the only reason why I'm not moving the 2021 squad up to the top is just because it's simply 
still too early in the season to be able to make that call. The 2005 squad, although they did not win at all, went 31-3 on the year, lost to Notre Dame twice, one of those being in the Big East championship game, and the third and final loss came in the NCAA tournament in the regional semifinals to the Florida Gators. But ultimately, I think that this is a team that has the potential to get to that number one ranking if they can continue to handle business. When you kind of dive into the analysis of this game against Georgia Tech, which is one of the three ranked teams in the ACC along with Louisville and Pittsburgh, that's going to be a matchup. Louisville-Pittsburgh is going to be one for the ages. But I really want to take a look at that second set for the cards. 36-34 win in the middle set. That was an opportunity to really put the veteran leadership and just the overall talent on a display, and they ended up doing so. There were six moments in that second set going down the stretch where Georgia Tech had set point. Louisville ultimately fought back and prevailed. Overall, Anna DeBeer, Anna Stevenson led the way. DeBeer with a team-high 12 kills, Anna Stevenson with 11, Amaya Tillman with 10 of her own, and then not to mention the great work that Tori Dilford did. 43 kills on her part. Uh, Stevenson, Tillman, and DeBeer had 12 blocks combined. Overall, the cards go 2-0 on the weekend, capping it off with a big win down in Atlanta. They're 4-0 in conference play, 14-0 on the year. And when you look at the body of work that they have turned in this season, it's been absolutely remarkable. I mean, this team is scorching hot. In their first 14 matches, the team has swept 12 of those. The only two that they have not swept was Arizona State earlier in the year and then against top 10 Kentucky earlier on in September. And as a result, the team has only lost four sets, two each to the Sun Devils and the Wildcats. The Cardinals are turning in a great resume already. They've beaten a handful of ranked teams from Nebraska to Purdue Kentucky, Arizona State, Georgia Tech. I mean, the list goes on and on. They're going to look to defend that undefeated streak next weekend as ACC play continues. They'll have a couple of home matches, first against Boston College and then Syracuse on Sunday. But like I mentioned after the Kentucky game, you know this team is just so solid in terms of overall contribution. They don't have one star that they go to, but they have a handful of them you know, throughout the rotation. And then not to mention the veteran leadership. You know, This team is very battle-tested. A lot of these girls played against Texas in that Sweet 16 that saw the cards upset the number two team in the land back in 2019. And then most of, if not all of them, were on the squad last year when they lost early on in that tournament. But... At the end of the day, this is a squad that is a national championship contender. And throughout the season, you know, you always look to see how well a team is able to put away inferior opposition. And so far this year, they have not had any problems. Being, you know, you, you see that in the 12 sweeps out of 14 opportunities. You know, this is a team that doesn't toy around with their competition. They go in, they do their business, they get it done, and they get out. It's as simple as that. It's, it's a business venture for them, and they treat it like such. And then on the flip side, when you look at how they're handling ranked teams, you know, outside of Kentucky, they swept number six Purdue at the time. They swept number six Nebraska at the time. And then, you know, in the four ACC matches, Miami 3-0, Florida State 3-0, Clemson 3-0, Georgia Tech 3-0. 
So if you were questioning how well the Cards were going to do in ACC play, you shouldn't have. Uh, this is a team that is going out and they are scorching the earth. I'm, you know, I'm probably, you know, they're playing at such a level right now that um, I probably wouldn't even take Thanos with the Infinity Stones against them in a match. Now I'm, I'm playing that might be a little hyperbolic, but. I think, you know, we necessarily are looking forward to that Pittsburgh game on October 24th, but that is a long ways away. I think that that's when you kind of get into a danger zone is when when you look too far into the schedule. So, you know, Louisville's ability to zone in every game and get the job done. I'm not saying the cards won't trip up at some point in the season. It is very difficult to go undefeated, and I'm not, you know, insinuating that this team is going to do so. But I think that this is definitely a team that could turn in a 31-3 and type of record just because I'm not sure outside of Pittsburgh who is going to be a team in the ACC that can take them down. So if you just consider, you know, two losses against Pittsburgh, you know, at the very worst, they play on October 24th, and they'll likely play in the ACC championship as well or in the ACC tournament at some point. Um, and, you know, if worst-case scenario rings true and they lose both of those games, then they can only lose three at the end of the day with one coming in the NCAA tournament. But ultimately, like I mentioned, this is a national championship contender, and it's going to be fun to be able to follow this team as the season gets closer to the conference tournament. So overall, we discussed a full recap of the Louisville Wake Forest game, the initial takeaways and reactions, good, the bad, the ugly, and we finished on a positive note talking about the Louisville women's volleyball team and why they are the number two team right now in program history. We pushed the weekly mailbag to the Tuesday episode where we will continue to talk a little bit of Wake Forest and the implications from that game moving forward. Um, But once again, I want to say that I appreciate you all for making Locked on Louisville your first listen of the day. And as always, Locked on Louisville is free on all streaming services. It's five days a week. All Louisville, all the time. I want to give a couple of shout outs to the to the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast. A lot of great stuff on that episode that was released last night that includes a lot of Wake Forest talk and former Cardinal great wide receiver Lavelle Boyd that played in the late 1990s. Joined this set to talk a little bit about Malik Cunningham and what he is seeing from him in terms of progression. Be sure to be able to check that out on cardinalsportszone.com. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at defense underscore. The podcast Twitter page is at LO underscore Louisville. And if you're looking to get more news on the conference as a whole, you can check out the Locked On ACC podcast hosted by Candace Cooper on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcasts. That's going to wrap up this Monday edition of the show. Everyone have a great start to their week, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.